Uthre Farmers Academy is a unique non-profit organization who trains young emerging farmers at their 180 hectare Dalmas campus. Uthre is helping these young agriculturalists to fully discover the gift of farming, says the agency's friendly CEO, Nico Maluleke. According to Nico, Uthre is all about training students in a practical manner, enabling them to run a successful farming business and to create jobs for themselves and others. And this institution's many success stories speak for themselves. Nico, tell us a bit more about the Boothley Training Academy, please. Okay. Boothley Farmers Academy, it's a farmer development center. It is established, or it was established in the year 2000 with the aim of helping farmers. And the reason for, one of the reasons for his establishment is that um, since we came into democracy in 1994, there were some people that got land, uh, farms from government, and most of those farms were collapsing. They were, they were just closing. And when we realized, we found that there's 13 agricultural colleges and there are also universities offering agriculture. But most of them, they, are, they were not focusing on farmers. They are focusing on training people to go and advise farmers or focusing on agricultural economists, engineers, and people that are having access to this land. Some of them did not have even metric, but they are farming or they want to farm. So that's where the concept of starting Bouche came into about this is the place that will focus only on training farmers. So our training is different to other um, colleges or universities in that it is we offer practical farmer training. The trainee or the farmer spends too much time being trained in the farm than in the classroom. So we offer hands-on practical farmer training. So our, our model is learned by doing. That's what we, we've been doing. Look, and I think when you start talking uh, business, or any type of business or farming in particular, there's only one way to learn, and that's to get, get your hands dirty. Yes. What, what is, uh, was interesting, so you mentioned 13 uh, academies uh, across the country. Does that include... Your, no, your, not academies, but uh, colleges. Colleges. So yeah, that would be typically... Government colleges. So uh, universities, uh, or is it the old technicons? Yeah, those ones are... Uh, they were just colleges for agriculture. I see. So it's like Glen, Glen t- College and yes, Dompiseleka College. Uh, uh, you, you, they were focusing mainly on training extension officers. I see. Yeah. I see. So all extension officers or many extension officers in the Department of Agriculture, they come from those colleges. I see. Then I you see. also have your universities that are having faculties of agriculture and so on. I but they'll be focusing on degrees and so on. But we are focusing mainly on skills programs. Yes. Yeah. So two questions. So just to touch on that, I mean, you guys, I mean, you started 20 years ago. Are, are, are you one of the first? And, and, and how many of your type are there in the country? Look, we have been here, like I said, for 20 years, but I don't know any other academy that do what we are doing. If we are accredited with Agricita, and if you check on Agricita website, you know, there are over 300 training providers, mm. just like we are part, we are part of that. Yes. But uh, I don't know one that uh, 
is more like us because even the the trainees that come to us they come from different provinces you know people who live all the way from Cape Town or Eastern Cape or Kimberley to come for training with us so by that we also suspect that maybe you know there are no other bootlegs out there because they will be going there yeah, but of course. they decide to yeah. come all the way and you know sometimes we even get international students that are coming from other countries just to come for what we are doing So let's talk about the students. I mean, I, I, we mentioned before. I, I saw in your prospectus, or it was I think it was your financials of, of, of 2018. You had a breakdown of the students, and I was it was intri- interesting to see that that 40% were, were women. Yes. So give us a snapshot, and I mean, and tell us a bit more about these these women farmers. What do they look like? Where do they come from? And 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 all the rest. Yeah. No, uh, you'll understand traditionally in, in in African tradition, it was mainly women that were plowing the fields. Men will go and work other things than women who have been in agriculture for so many years. But um, the numbers of the number of women that we have is usually less than the men. And some of the reason is that women have got they are more closer to their families, more closer to their children. So for a lady to leave a children at home for three months to come and attend a course and go back, that is very is very difficult. Mm. So we tend to see a lot of women attending our short courses, you know, the ones for one week or two weeks. We've got a lot of them uh, um, in, in that field that they're doing. But we are happy that um, at least... The number is not as bad as, um, you know, what the situation look out there. And, 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 and we have also the youth. I mean, we are happy that we've got more youth because there's this belief that, you know, it's only old people that goes into agriculture. It's, this is not attractive. But we tend to understand that youth will not be attracted to poverty. Youth will not be attracted to something that... Does, I mean, they are still young. They, they they envy to have good things, good life. So if they don't see successful uh, farmers, they will not be attracted into that. So you look in many rural areas, there are very few commercial farmers. All they see, their parents going, taking handholds, you know, going to the farm, that had labor. Youth don't want that. But if they get exposed, you know, they go to commercial farms they're able to see financials that you can make millions you can do these things then they start to have that uh, uh, attraction and yeah over the years our average is about 65% of the students that we have being youth yeah that's a fascinating point you make about the 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 role models that yes. and I've never thought of it that way that because you don't have these successful uh, or they don't know these local black farmers that are successful it's 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 not a sexy thing it's just yes. they associate it with farming with the with the wrong things yes it 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 um it's just like that i mean youth are attracted from what they see i mean many many young people will say i want to be an engineer i want to be a doctor you know i want to be an artist because those are the people that they see and mm. admire mm. so if they, there's no one in terms of farming that they see and admire it, it will be very difficult to do that so some of the things that we do it's we 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 sometimes organize um you know, we, we go to schools to go and talk about, you know, careers in agriculture. We we market, we try to say, you know what, you can go into this, this is what you can do. Sometimes we go with farmers mm-hmm. that, that are now young, 
but I'm making it out there to go and say, look, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm, I've started. And I think by doing that, we that's why we are having more, more youth now being interested. So you guys, I mean, obviously, head office is based in Pretoria. Everything started uh, in Delmas. Yes. And that's where your, your main campus, your training facility is. Tell us a bit more about the facility. What does it look like? I mean, when you say you go out to schools, is it the immediate area or, or how does that work? Yeah. When we go out to schools, we go to different schools, not only in Delmas, but um, in most cases, because some of the schools know about us, but it's still around Mpumalanga province where when they organize these career days, they invite us. Uh, also, we have universities. Um, now we'll be going, this month we'll be going to University of Limpopo during their career exhibition where we go there, we present alternatives to students because some of them, they are there, you know, doing their degrees, they'll leave and don't get employment, then they stay home then we tell them of other options that they can look at while they are still waiting for, for the other things. But our campus is um, almost 180 hectares uh, with around 120 arable land. Then uh, we've got a student accommodation that can take up 200 students at a time and uh, some classrooms. So our classes are mainly, we work on the number of 25 so we've got four classrooms, so we can take 100 students, then they can also fit into the the accommodation. But because we do practical farmer training and we believe that we... If you train someone about farming, you must also be a farmer or understand or do something, you know. You, you must practice what you preach. Mm -hmm. So we also run a commercial farm um, where we are. Most of it uh, is grains, um, Currently, we've got 100 hectares of uh, soya beans. Uh, previously, it was maize, so we are rotating like that. Uh, last week, we just harvested uh, six hectares of potatoes that we, we are planting for McCain. So we've got several different kinds of uh, vegetables that, that we have in there. Then in the livestock part, we've got layers. Uh, so we are selling, farming with eggs. We've got broilers. Uh, we've got pigs, we've got uh, sheep, we've got goats, and we've got uh, a feedlot cattle, a cattle feedlot. So there are those uh, enterprises that we are doing there. And, and and I take it again, these are, like you say, the proof is in the pudding. So you guys make money. So I'm assuming it makes money for, for, for the academy on the one hand. And that's also, but of course, we'll get to the, yeah. the commercial model. But that's money in the bank for you guys while the students can, can, can learn and, and get their hands dirty. Yeah. So, so student, students will have their own production units, you know, their own plots that they'll be doing that. And there are these that you are. So they will learn. Uh, from their plots or from their units, but they can also observe and be exposed to the other part of uh, the commercial part of what we are of what we are doing. So you've got two legs. You mentioned so obviously that's on your campus, and then you mentioned that the Department of Agriculture sometimes they'll come and say, "Listen, we've got these guys, uh, and we need them trained up." So give us an example of where you go out to 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 prepare students. Yeah. No, we have um, not only the department, but different uh, companies. For example, we have Sasol mm -hmm. uh, in in Secunda. So part of their uh, community uh, 
community development or plowing back in the communities that they are in, there is to identify skills. I mean, skills gap. What do those people need in those communities where they are, are, are producing their, their, their chemicals? And some of them said, okay, they want to be into farming. So we get into agreement with them that we'll go to those areas to go and train. So we work with, in that case, for example, of Sasol, we worked with African Farmers Association to identify the people that need these skills. Then we send our trainees, I mean our trainers, to go to, to those areas and, 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 and do that. We had a similar project again in uh, in Northwest where we had an agreement with Northwest uh, Department of Agriculture to train 400 farmers. And luckily that side, they've got a, a training center called Hora Training Center in Mafiking. But it was not functional. I mean, it has all the things, but I think you understand in government sometimes uh, if it's a college it falls within the department maybe things were difficult a bit but then they called us to go and train so we're training there in the facilities using that to train those farmers you've got the know-how they've got the infrastructure so it's a it's yes. a good match yeah so tell us a bit more about the, the training i mean let's let give us some meat so we we touched on i mean you've got your four main courses, full-time courses, you've got the livestock production, vegetable production, poultry production, and then uh, grain crop production. Uh, what what are the, uh, where's the two, I would say, the most popular? Uh, why? The, okay, yeah, we have those courses, which is uh, the, the, the vegetable course, which deals with different kinds of vegetables. So there it will be your uh, Cabbages, spinach, beans, beetroot, carrots, and so on. So students will be trained in those because when they leave, they will choose which one they want to farm with. But again, that's on your campus. They they can have access to that. See it first. Yeah. 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 Then the poultry is focusing on broilers and and, and layers. And uh, your green crops at the moment, you are looking at soya bean and maize, uh, then a bit of uh, sunflower. And the livestock looks at uh, beef cattle, dairy cattle, sheep, goats, and pigs. So duration of these courses, again, uh, they're dependent on the production cycle of that. So our vegetable uh, course is um, three and a half months. Mm-hmm. Then livestock is two and a half months. Poultry is two months. Then the, the, the grain crop, you know, used to be nine months, but now we've broken it down into different modules, four modules. So they don't stay there for the whole nine months. Nice. They go, leave, come back, and and so on. So, But all these courses, they are divided into four. So they are, there's a theory module, which they do in class. Then there's a the practical model where they spend a lot of time in the farm. Then we've got farm business management because we are training here decision makers. We are training farmers who will sit down talk about marketing, how to develop a business plan, you know, how to do budgets and all those. So then the last part uh, is the life skills that we include in there because we believe that um, you might be skillful and knowledgeable, but if you're not disciplined, you know, if your attitude is bad, if you don't respect time, those uh, light things can really destroy the business. So we 
put all these uh, uh, modules together in all these uh, courses. And we have um, your poultry course and the livestock course as being the one that is in high demand. Uh, we have a lot of applications in there and we have to, to cut a lot of people. And we suspect that it is like that because it is cheaper. It is, not, it is more, much more affordable to start uh, with them. With poultry, you don't need big land. So if land is a problem, then you can still start with it. And uh, again, it's quicker. I mean, you start with your, 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 your broilers. You raise them five weeks, six weeks, you're selling them. Mm. So you get income faster instead of planting maize, which you will plant and harvest after nine months. Yes. You harvest once a year. Because once they start, they need uh, quick cash flow. Mm -hmm. So poultry... Uh, does that? I mean, with your eggs, you sell, you produce eggs every day. You sell every day, so they are, that is why it's much more attractive. Same with um, livestock. Livestock, most of them because they come from rural communities, so they just use the available uh, grazing land that is that is there for all members in the community. So all what they need is just to build crawls for them to keep their livestock. Then in the morning, then they, they go out. But if you look at the grain crop ones, you know, you need a lot of investment. Uh, to make more money in grains, you need big land, mm. you know. To start being commercial somehow, for example, if you're planting your maize, you know, you must produce in over 200 hectares. Really? So that's if it's less than that, you, you're wasting your time? You're wasting your time because what, what happens is that in maize, usually, for example, if you if you do well, um, you you need to get at least, you know, six tons, at least six tons per hectare. Mm -hmm. And if you get six tons per hectare, your, your production input, you know, will be around 8,000, 8,000 per hectare. Then depending on the suffix price, let's take your the maize, the money that you get is 2,000 rand per ton. So if you get six tons, then you get 12,000. Mm -hmm. So meaning you can make that profit of 3,000. And it's a profit of 3,000 rand that you get once a year. See, it's not like vegetables where you can have three crops within, within a year and you make a lot of money. Let's take, for example, in veggies. In one hectare of potatoes, you can get over 150,000 rand in four months. So again, it's quick, quick turnaround. Yes, yes. So because uh, so so with 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 green crops, for you to to do well, you must have irrigation. You know, you must put in. I mean, irrigation for. I mean, we just put in 16 hectare center pivot uh, at Butle. And to install that, uh, it cost us almost 2 million rand sure. just to put that infrastructure. Mm. And most of our, of our students, they are not yet in that space where a bank can loan them 2 million and, 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 and all those. Well, the fact that you, you're going to need the tractor for, for that 200 hectares. Yes. So that's the other thing. So again, it's that startup capital that, that's, yes, that's yes. high. Yeah, because, because at the moment when they go back home, most of them, they don't have these tractors and so on. And... Well, as part of a training, we tell them you, you, uh, there's no need for you if you're working in two hectares to buy a tractor. Mm. 
you know, it will be a good investment, but it will be, you won't be benefit, you, yeah. won't, you won't be getting anything unless if you buy a tractor for your farm, but you also rent it out, you know, to other farmers. Yes, you can, yes. now you start another business of doing that so that you can, you can, you can look at that. But most of them now, they just hire mechanization if they need anything in their farms. So an important thing, you, you were talking about the students stay for that production process. So, so again, it uh, was fascinating that they literally go through each step from starting to where the money yeah. hits the bank account. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, as an example, with your poultry course, you know with broilers, in the first two weeks, you have to see your broilers every two hours, day and night. So you can't... You, we can't train you in, 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 in poultry production if you don't stay there because you should be, I mean, every two hours, day and night, it's, 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 you, you, you have to be there yes. to understand that. Mm. And, and what we do is during the training, we do have farm workers in the farm, but we don't allow our farm workers to go and help the students. The students must experience everything by themselves. So they make the mistakes. I mean, I guess, and that's where you really start learning, yes. right? It's, it's yeah, yeah. It, it happened some some years back, you know, some students, some, a certain student came, you know, we've got this month of April, there are a lot of holidays. And uh, that student decided to go home over the weekend, was having chickens, uh, just miss home. <laughs> when she came back, all the chickens were dead in her house. Oh my goodness. All of them. Because that's how life and 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 farming and in and, and yeah. poultry works yeah sure that's a that's a hard lesson so it it these experience even though it's bad because that became a lesson to that lady to say look if it was your farm and you made a loan to start farming you lost everything sure. now you are going to be blacklisted yeah so it's a good thing to do hands on practical farmer training because even if you have never farmed at all. By the time you complete the course with us, you can say, yes, I've been a farmer for three months or for this because I planned my production, I produced, I took care of my uh, crops or livestock, I searched for market, I sold them, I got money. So I, I've done the whole cycle of, of, of farming. But you, and again, we'll get to the nitty-gritty, but you also send out these... Uh, Food officers or farm officers, you call them. Yes. Too, and and it's 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 a form of mentorship afterwards. Yeah, we, we've got those are the two main services that, that that we do is training and farmer support. So we've got farmer support officers that go out and assist uh, the farmers because our our mission as Bukle is to help farmers to start and run viable farming businesses. So. Training is part of our service, but training alone cannot make someone to be a successful farmer. Training and mentorship after, then also funding and also issues of uh, of market. Mm. So the field of our farmer support officers will go out, deal with each individual uh, farmer. But the way it is, because we are training a lot of lot of people and they are coming from all over the country. It's not a cheap thing to, it's not, it's very expensive to go out all provinces every day and do this. Mm -hmm. So what we said, we, we said 
after farmers have left the training campus, after three weeks, we call all of them, then to check how far are they, what are they doing. And only those that now have startup capital to start farming, those that now in production, they are the ones that we start focusing too much on. Because we used to hit a brick wall with spending a lot of time helping farmers to get funding. Uh, Instead of where they're supporting the guys that already have traction. Yes, yes. So now we are focusing more on uh, we are focusing more on those because we we are training, but uh, we we don't call ourselves an academic institution uh, because we don't pride ourselves on how many students pass, you know, how many with distinctions mm-hmm. and so on. We want to say we are successful if people that went through our services are now farming, are employing themselves, and are employing other people mm. that, are, that are doing that. I mean, we once had a, a project with the Jobs Fund uh, for three years and another one for four years. And I mean, because of that project, there were a lot of resources that we were able to even track. So we could realize that, you know, on an annual basis, farmers or people that went through, that were supporting, you know, could create over 3,000 jobs. That is themselves and the people that they employ. Wow. Is, is that your, at this stage, your track record? I mean, over the, the period, yeah. what, what we... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's what we can track in terms of the actual verifications that have been done. Because for now, because the project is it's over... It's, it's expensive. It's an expensive exercise also. So it needs yes. need funding to be able to do that. So we, we, are, we are using those uh, uh, stats. I mean, it was a seven-year. It was three years and it finished and we got into another one for four years. Yeah. Sure. Just before we, we go on, because we talk about the training, we talk about mentorship and, of course, grants. So let's, we'll talk about the, yeah. your commercial structure, the challenges around that for, for, for you as a business, for, for the... Of course, the, the, the this uh, new farmer. You mentioned the the short courses. Of you've got you've got the full time and the part time. What what are the what typically are the the part time courses look like? And I mean, you said it's a five day. So what what are those typically? And 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 again, you mentioned a lot of the women that that come in and and yeah, and, and yeah. get trained. So what does that look like? No, they they vary. You know, it depends on the client what they want. Uh, so. For example, some people are in farming, but their problem is they don't see, they don't realize profits, but they've been farming for years, 10 years and so on. But they, then they will need, for example, training on record keeping because some, they don't keep records. So we have like a four day course or five day course on record keeping. So we arrange, we go and do that. Some will say, no, I need to train my people in tractor operations and maintenance. It's a five-day course. You get a tractor, call in people, we just focus on that. So there are many. (laughs) There are many of these short courses. Some will say they need training only on, you know, control of diseases Mm -hmm. in vegetables. So we just go there, we show them how to identify diseases, different kinds of uh, chemicals, how to spray and so on. So there's there's no specific list because we are able to make uh, tailor-made courses 
for a specific request that we are that we are getting. And again, it's because you so you you farm across different disciplines, and again, yeah. you have the experience. So that that that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, is the the bulk of your business is is it the full time courses still, or is the, the part time a big part of 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 your your annual yeah the, training? The the, the main course is it's a. Uh, it's what we need more because it they cover everything that a farmer wants to know. Mm. But the challenge that we have as a as an organization it's the resources because we have we've got two semesters, so we can only offer two courses, like two vegetable courses a year. One in the first semester, another one second semester. Same with livestock and poultry. So it's limited. Our resources there, it means we can't train more than 200 people a year. And for the past three years, I mean, we have been training over 500 students a year. Wow. So majority of our people, the people that we train, they are from the short courses than the ones that are are longer. Because those ones, we are limited in terms of student accommodation and, and the classrooms that we have. But with these other short ones, because we can go wherever at any time, then we that's where we get a lot of uh, lot of trainings there. So let's talk about the, the the typically you know what the cost structures when we look at the full time courses. Yeah. So so tell us more about the, the cost structure. You mentioned so we got the training. So how does that work? Uh, the cost, the mentorship we mentioned, and then of course uh, the grants, the challenges that this newly trained farmer faces. Yeah, with the with the cost fees, I'll say on average we are talking about six hundred six hundred rand per day, and this will be covering uh, tuition. Uh, it will be covering the assessments, you know, because we are created with Agricita. There are certain things that we need to do for them, you know. It it covers uh, production inputs that we buy for the students to use when they are in training, like seeds, fertilizers, animal feeds, and so on. Then it also covers um, accommodation. It covers three meals a day uh, when they are there and also covers some of the transport because sometimes we take them to, you know, auctions. We take them to farm visits, to visit other commercial farms and so on. So all that is, is it's, it's, a, it's embedded in there. So, on average, let me say around thirty to thirty-five uh, thousand rand. That's what uh, farmers expected to to pay. I mean, I mean, that's what it cost us. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, many of our students they, they can't afford that. So we say they pay commitment fee of thirty of um, of ten percent, mm-hmm. and the rest we have to fundraise as the organization to be able to subsidize them. So, as an NPO, we do a lot of fundraising to be able to do this. And I will say, um, for many years, we were we started at hundred percent donor funding uh, that we needed, but uh, in the last years, you know, we are almost sixty-five percent donor funded. The rest is the other income that we generate ourselves in the farm and the cost fees and, and wow, so on. That's fantastic. I mean, the, the, I would say it's best practice in the world that you have NPOs that it's almost a challenge to see how how they can increase their own budget that they generate 
from yeah. their own businesses versus yeah. versus grants and and and, and yeah because I think we we learned you know like in 2008 when we started having recession you know in the world if companies are funding certain organization they cut the funding and try to concentrate on their own activities mm-hmm. so then we realize that you know if we still rely too much on donor funding if this donor stops it means even our organization will collapse so in terms of sustainability mm-hmm. then we looked at different modes of raising funds so one was own income generation to be able to to sustain the organization i like that that's uh, yeah. that's fantastic so now you you you've trained it and also what you mentioned uh, uh, um, or emphasized is the fact that the, the the student the farmer trainee needs to pay 10% because again it's free yeah. free yeah. people yeah, no. <laughs> put place no value against free yeah yeah no it's a, we we call it commitment fee like it's not like student fee but it's it's more of commitment fee to show that you're committed into this you have to put in something hmm. because when you're going in, they must understand if they go into a farming business it is a business mm-hmm. and in a business you need to invest there's no business which you can run without investing anything into it so it's just to build up that mindset in them to say okay i understand now i was just like this now i'm going into business this is my first investment i'm putting 2500 as my investment for future the information that I'll get in here will help me run my business when I'm back home. Yeah. So now student is ready to rock and roll. They've they've gone through your two two and a half months of training. Uh what happens now? Now they go back. What what yeah. what does that picture look like? What are the challenges? Yeah. Opportunities. They go back home then to their land then they depending because they come they come to us at different stages some of them have already started farming but they are failing so they want to come and get skills to do better so those ones will go back and then start rectifying mistakes that they had so maybe if it's livestock and they've got land you know starting to demarcating their land into camps or changing their breeding stock and doing all those if it's vegetables you know start looking at preparing the land and just do the 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 business then some that uh come with just no knowledge on farming they've never done that they've just got access to land when they go back now first thing is to then start look for funding must look for funding because uh they need they need those one thing that we have them with is to register their businesses i mean with uh with sips mm-hmm. uh so that they go out with and we encourage them to do ptys because this will be their private money making businesses so we make sure they get um all that support so it will depend on each and every individual farmer they are they are they are at different stages of having resources and so on so it's not generic but we encourage them to 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 start farming and and these guys i mean again the big challenge is banks i mean they 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 want security mm, mm. <laughs> they give you a loan yeah. and you mentioned again a lot of these guys they 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 they've got access to the chiefs land but it's yeah. not their land so yeah. so what what 
what does that mean? What are the challenges there? And, how, and I know you guys are working on ways to to overcome the fact that that this uh, talented young farmer doesn't have access to to his own land. Yeah. Look, we we did a research last in 2019, and in that we identify that almost 84 percent of the 50 farmers that were visited, they started their businesses with their own savings, with their own, with their, with their own money. And uh, that shows you that, you know, they are far away from, uh, from what the banks, what the banks need. And to bridge that gap uh, as an organization or as Bushe, we then had discussions with different funding institutions and, uh, one of those institutions was Land Bank, IDC, NetBank. And uh, we came to an agreement that let's have the whole package of farmer development, which is training, mentoring them, and giving them startup uh, uh, funding. Then after giving them, we still continue to mentor them, you know, for three years. For them to be able to reach a stage where they are fundable. Because to be fundable, some of the things that many banks need, uh, or all institutions that are governed by the national credit regulation, they'll say they need, uh, you know, audited financial statements, they need three months bank statements, a business that is registered, proof of market of what you're supplying. Then we assist them with that. Then at the end, we believe those people will start now to be looked at by by the banks. But that is one of the biggest challenge of farming in uh, rural communities or in chief's land is that you your land is not uh, recognized by farming institution because you don't have that. They, they usually look at, banks look at title deeds and those ones, they just get letters, they are called them uh, PTOs, permission to occupy. You mentioned earlier, so I want to talk about John Deere, for example, where they got involved. Again, what you, I mean, that's a nice little case study. Yeah. What, what happened there? Um, again, yeah. before, after, yeah. during and after. <laughs> yeah, with, with John Deere, we had a different kind of uh, partnership over the years. Initially, because you are there in Delmas and they also have a, a, a um, is it a shop, a plant, or what? In in Dalmas. So what they used to do, there were some. They used to make. I mean, before they sell their products, like uh, the blouse and so on, they need to test them. I mean, the tractors they need to test them and so on. So we used to have a partnership with them where they they give us those uh, tractors so that we they, they they do those hours that are required then they will get the results and so on. But by doing that, we're getting mechanization for free uh-huh. that we're able to plow, produce, still get money to fund. The the, 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 the the painful thing was when they now had to take them and discard them, you know, because mm-hmm. they had to uh, buy law. But then another thing, like there were also some uh, funding that we that we got in to assist farmers in training donor funding and we had uh, one case study of a young lady uh, called Lerato Lerato came to us to be trained we trained her in crop production uh, poultry and also in livestock and 
she was in a four actor uh plot then she got a bigger land almost uh just over 100 hectares of land that she got and now she wanted to grow big she was planting soya beans and so on she did well that she then even bought the next door farm <laughs> that was there and now she the land was even bigger so she she was doing uh, uh these uh, green crops now she's got livestock also uh, with nguni cattle she's got sh- uh, goats then john deer came in and supported uh, us to mentor her then they looked at the land they look at what size of tractor will be needed for for whatever that she's doing and um yeah the tractor was then uh, donated to her uh, john deere tech tra- tractor i think she paid certain amount but it was more of a of a donation and the skills and the guidance because she just got a tractor i mean if you never had a tractor to get a tractor you still need someone <laughs> yeah. to show you how it works to mentor you to show you when is it serviced and so on and john deere was uh, was doing that she's still living the tractor and um, the interesting thing is that uh, in 2018 she won the best female young farmer of the year for the whole Gauteng province fantastic yeah this has been a fascinating chat i love what you guys are doing i mean anything as i always say where where there's training involved that prepares a student to hit the the, the ground running is fantastic and there's there's always there's a shortage of that type of training unfortunately and i think and even more so in south africa it's critical to have that type of again farming the the opportunities it does represent mm. uh, creating jobs and 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 creating work and so on Uh, give us another as a last story another case study i saw you've got two case studies there in your financial reports i mean some fantastic stories so what what's another success story that that you can share of 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 one of your your previous students yeah we have i, I don't remember the, the the stories on the on the financial report but i think we have we've got we've got lots of them because what we usually do again is that we've got two graduations a year so in every graduation there's an award we call it star of bushe award that we give to students so all the years we we do that there we look at a farmer who attended our course went out is now producing is now selling is now employing over 10 people and uh running the business so if i can just take one farmer may be here in Gauteng. We've got a guy called Becky. Becky came to us. Uh, he did poultry production. Then he left, went back. So he got a farm, a piece of land from uh, Gauteng Department of Agriculture and Rural Development under the uh, city of Joburg. So he was producing, he started with um, 1,000 beds, 1,000 broilers. And he expanded now to 3000 broilers and his market you know he was focusing on he was selling to soweto it's not far from soweto so he was selling this chickens to the people that cook in the in the shops and those that uh, braai and sell uh, they call it chicken dust in in the the lokshin where they were doing that but now he had a challenge that um 
you know, most now of his clients, they want the chickens uh, cleaned, you know. He was selling live chickens. And they said, no, we want them cleaned. We don't have time to... Yeah, we want to use them immediately. Yes. And um, through the funding that we have, we said, uh, we worked with him through this other project. We say, start processing, start agro-processing. Okay. So... He built a small um, chicken abattoir so that he slaughters chickens there. And now he's also constructed last year um, a cool storage so that he can slaughter and keep there. Wow. And that is working because he's now able to manage his uh, slaughtering. Because when you're selling live, you know, if you sell a chicken this week for 60 rand and others you don't sell, you go and sell next week. If you sell at 60 rand, now you are losing than this one because it has eaten, it has been taken care of for that for that week. Yes. So it is good that when you slaughter, you slaughter same time. Mm. So that's what it's doing now. Slaughter same time, keep them in the in the cold storage, then can just deliver. Um, and he can charge more. Then he can charge more. Yes, he has to charge more because mm. now he has added value by yes. doing all those uh, by doing all those things to that. And. One other story I can think of. We had a group of farmers that were doing grain crop in 2009. And what happened is when they were still there, we had a partnership with Tongat, mm-hmm. Tongat Hewlett, to assist these people. So we said, okay, form a cooperative. Form a cooperative. Then Tongat Hewlett took them after they attended uh, our crop course and put them in their farms to produce maize. So they were there. Luckily, they applied for land from the Department of Rural Development. They were given almost uh, 400 hectare land and they then went in that in that place. They started small, but at the moment now they are farming the whole 400 hectares. But they started now getting, I mean, when you're a group, is good, but now you start wanting to be your own. Mm. So most of them now went on to buy farms separately. They are still part of the of, of the group, just get employees there, but run their their own farms in different in different areas. I think they were featured in Farmers Weekly, might be around November or October last year. But again, these about are their, about the, their stories. This is a product of of of, of your. Uh... Your academy, yes, yeah, all of all of them. They were they were there. The, the, the biggest thing that people um, tend to undermine or not look at in terms of farming is mindset. Mm. If you get a good mindset, you can do anything that you want. So, unfortunately, some of the training providers they just focus on training assessment. You have passed; that's your certificate. But a person is not change or do not really understand that this is is business is business we people still take farming as a hobby you know we have to do this we have to produce food which is good that's what we need to do but for you to be able to produce for number of years it must be profitable mm-hmm. yeah and it must be run like a business that's wisdom 
Inyiko, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's, I, I, I can spend another hour talking to you. This is, this is very interesting. It's very encouraging, by the way. And, uh, I wish you the very best for 2020. And I hope that we can, uh, have some more fantastic case studies and, and success stories, uh, uh, at the end of the year. Thank you so much, Steph. Thank you. John Deere Africa hopes you've enjoyed this podcast episode. For more information, please visit our website, deer.com forward slash sub hyphen Saharan, or please visit our social media platform.